0: Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, May 24th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski, joined by my brother, Truman Karcheski.
1: How's it going, guys?
0: And we we're welcomed in studio today by our cousin, Spencer Ackerman. How's it going? Fresh off of OAC Conference Championship win uh, with his team, Ball and Wallace. Uh, they had a pretty good season and uh, finished up last week. We've been trying to get him in studio for a long time, and we're finally glad you're here. Glad to be here. So, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with basketball with the NBA playoffs. We have the two series, Houston and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that series is tied 2-2 right now. Houston won uh, a couple nights ago. They played tonight. Uh, we are recording on Thursday, so if you listen to this on 12-ounce, you already know the results. But, like I said, 2-2 right now. Houston. It's just been an up-and-down series for both teams when Houston plays really well, Golden State looks terrible, but then Golden State will come out the next game and they'll look like the best team, as we all think, and they'll just blow out Houston. Uh, it's 2-2 right now. Best series we've had in a long time. This is the NBA Finals, I think, uh, and they've really proven that up to this point.
1: Yeah, it's just weird. Like, Golden State, they have so much talent, but I've seen the shots they've taken and I watched in the last game, I watched after work, I, it's just like the shots they take are so dumb sometimes. And like their last shot, um, you know, I think uh, Houston was up two, um, and you know, Golden State was either going to tie or you know take the lead uh, towards the end. And Clay and Clay Thompson took a contested jump shot. That can't happen when you have, you know, Clay Thompson's a star, but you, that can't happen when you have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, even Draymond Green. He like, can't be taking a contested jump shot um, <clears throat> to win the game or tie it. Uh, just the rest of the game, you know, you saw Kevin Durant. He took some bad shots. Steph Curry took some bad shots. That can't happen if you're Golden State. Um, I think tonight's gonna be, you know, kind of the test for each team of who's gonna win the series. Do you
0: think it's more Houston's the best team they've played in a long time, or you think it's more Warriors, or just the, you know, three straight years of going to the finals is kind of catching up with
1: them? It could be catching up. I don't. I, don't, I think they're used to playing great teams. Um, but like, is Houston the best team they've played though? Uh, I guess the Cavs. LeBron LeBron and Kyrie and the Cavs. This is probably the toughest
0: opponent they faced to get to the championship. Yeah, probably, Billy. If you minus, though, like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook.
1: I still see see the Warriors being so much more talented. I just saw a team that just took horrible shots. And just, they were forcing threes, just not, not letting possessions come to them. They weren't passing the ball around. And, um... That's, I think that'll change. I think Steve Kerr is a good enough coach, and that's why I think the Warriors are still going to win the series.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is going to go Game 7. I'd be surprised if it goes Game 6. I think the Warriors will come out on top, though.
1: What do you think? Uh, probably Warriors in like... 6? 7? 7? Yeah, I don't know. All right,
0: then we're going to move to the next series, Cleveland versus Boston. Probably the most hyped-up series so far... LeBron, I came on the show last Thursday saying the Cavs were dead, they were down 2-0. He proved me wrong over the weekend, tied it up. Thankfully, it wasn't here on Tuesday to take that backlash. Uh but Boston did win last night. I think this is more of a, you know, home home court advantage is going to play a big factor into this. I think the Cavs are going to get game 6, and I think Boston finishes it in 7.
1: Um, well, it's going to be interesting because I do think the Cavs will win Game 6. Um, I don't think they're going to lose in the queue. Uh, but I could see it. You know, LeBron looked very tired last night. He looked very fatigued. But Game 7 um, at the Garden, you know, I think they are they have one of the best records at home in Game Sevens. I saw it, you know, when they beat Milwaukee this year. But, like, that's going to be interesting because LeBron in Game 7 versus the Celtics in Madison Square Garden in Game 7. That's going to be, like, a clash versus the Greats. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I see it going seven um, and I might switch to Celtics in seven right now. Let's go. but um, that's just because of last night, you know it's gonna be hard for Cleveland and how tired LeBron looks to win two in a row. Like
0: especially I said, one being When the show program. when this for this series started, I said Boston is going to win the series and you made fun of me. You compared it to the Wolves are gonna beat the Houston take.
1: Well, I mean who who'd want to pick against LeBron? Um, and that was my thought at the beginning of this. Um, but I
0: think it's this. This series has shown that, that it's pretty true that role players play better at home.
1: Yeah, I mean the Cavs look so good when they were at home, and then they looked just tired and defeated last night. And that's the difference of being in Boston and being in Cleveland. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it like that. You know, where it's just so much of a difference when one team's at home, one team's away.
0: All right, let's give our predictions then. I think Boston takes this in seven. Boston in seven. Cavs in seven. Okay, then we're going to move now to hockey. Uh, we are, we do have the Stanley Cup final set. Capitals won 4-0 last night over the Lightning. Able to kind of get get rid of that, you know, Capitals in the playoffs choke all the time. You know, they were up 2-0, then they were down 3-2. Thankfully, they did win two straight and got to the finals. Capitals versus Vegas, really probably one of the most out there type of picks if you have started the season. Uh, because nobody expected Vegas to be here, and the Capitals always choke in the playoffs. I really like this Stanley Cup. I like both teams. I would be very happy with either outcome. I, I'm going to be rooting for Vegas, I think, though, because if they win that, that's the greatest sports story, sports headline ever. Okay, you can't say that. An because...
1: Expansion team, one-year expansion team, wins the Stanley Cup. How yeah. is that not? That's a great story, and me and Shu said it on the show Tuesday. It's one of, it's probably top ten story, but It's sports. You can't say that it's the greatest headline of all time. You give me a better one. Literally anything. Uh, LeBron maybe coming back and winning the finals with the Cavs. That um, that's not even close that, to this. That's no. uh, yeah. How? What do you mean how? <laughs>
0: it's, yeah, exactly. You can't give me any reasons. Capitals. If Capitals vs Vegas. If Vegas wins this. They didn't even exist last year, and they're just a team full of reject nobodies who, you know, teams didn't want to protect. And it just shows, you know, Vegas is the team of destiny, I think. And if they win this, it's going to be the best story ever. Um, I think you got to play it more though on the general managers of the in the NHL, because a lot of these players that they didn't protect are now thriving in Vegas. And I don't know what it is, it's just a new system, you know, they just like to get out, and it's just a fresh start, or maybe they just embrace this underdog mentality, but these are very good players who just, you know, were casted off and given to Vegas just for nothing, just because they didn't want to protect them.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, like you said, like, with Spencer not responding to that question, but I think... Yeah,
0: because yeah, you can't give me
1: anything else. I mean, it's a great story, but, like... With everything else going on in sports, I, I can't think of any off top my head just because I'm I'm just baffled by Spencer not Stupid. by not answering that question. Because um, you
0: can't give me it's the best sports story in all of sports it's history. Not the best Give me something. The Cavs coming back from a three one deficit. That's that's not even compared to this. How? This Vegas didn't even exist last year. Okay. No expansion the, no team has team ever gone no this far. No team
2: ever came back from a three one lead before.
0: Yeah, but that I get that's a little bit more realistic with LeBron and Kyrie. But this is Vegas. Name me two players on Vegas' team right now.
2: I don't watch hockey. Exactly,
0: you can't, cause they're not big name players. You know, they got out there. They got, you know, they got Carlson from the Blue Jackets. He's playing really well. That's probably, and then Fleury are the only two guys I know, cause I don't watch a lot of hockey. But this is the best sports story I think of all time if Whoa. Vegas wins this year.
1: I don't. know. It's a great sports story, but I just am baffled that you'd say that, cause it's That's just true. why we all love sports is because the headlines and like the stories and like you, you can't just. Immediately you got to think.
0: or you really break it down? This team wasn't even around last year, and then they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. Just, just, just because. I mean, just a great by. Story,
1: but also, if Ovechkin wins, it's a great yeah. Story.
0: That's a great story, but I don't think it compares to the magnitude that this would be. Uh, that would be great for Vegas. You know, starting their franchise off with a Stanley Cup win. That's just gonna be amazing. I'm gonna pause. I got a
1: freaking tick on me.
0: <laughs> Take it off. Okay. We're not stopping. We're going live right now. <laughs> Truman has a tick on his thigh. Take it off. Just pull it. Just rip them? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to move on now while he's dealing with that. We're going to go to our A's ad read. Our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing uh, professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies, Spencer? Are you tired of being (laughs) dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Yeah. Turn to A's, and trust me, your lawn, your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So... Truman's still dealing with his problems over here, but we're going to keep going. We're not going to stop. We're going to move now to baseball. Uh, We're going to give our top 10 pitchers in the game today, but before that we had a storyline of Jose Bautista, got released by the Braves, was batting like barely over 200, and then he got released by the Braves, picked up by the Mets. Uh, Mets could really use his power in that lineup. I think he's a guy who still could hit 20 to 30 home runs this season. Uh, he's still got power. I think he's still young enough. Well, not young, but I think he's still young enough to where he could provide significant advantage to a team like the Mets.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a cool story, um, because Jose Batiste is one of the more likable players in the game, um...
0: Follows me on Twitter.
1: Well, he follows everyone follow on, on, on Twitter. <laughs> um... But he's a, he's, a, he's a good guy. You know, it's good to see him get this opportunity. Um, but like him with the Blue Jays, he'll never reach that peak again. Um, but on the Mets, on the Mets, he's got an opportunity. Um, he won't be, I don't think he'll be an everyday player. Um, but it's an, it's a change of setting. We've talked about the change of settings before. Um, and, you know, it didn't work at uh, out in Atlanta. Um, but let's see if it does work out in New York and he become somewhat of what he was in Toronto.
2: Yeah, like Truman said, I don't think he'll be an everyday player or starter or anything, but obviously throughout his career he's been known as a power hitter, so he should be able to come off the bench and provide some power. Yes. All right, we're
0: going to move now to our top ten pitchers in the game today. Spencer's a big pitching guy. He's a pitcher at Baldwin Wallace. Uh, if you don't know, Baldwin Wallace is a D3 college in Ohio. They have a very good baseball program. Spencer's been playing there the last couple years. was a great pitcher in high school at Medina. Uh, so he's going to help us break down. We're going to give our top ten pitchers in the game today. Uh, we're not. This is kind of based off of the season so far, but not a lot of weight is on this season so far. We're going to kind of go careers. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, our top ten. We'll go ten through one. We'll start with ten. I'll start it off. Uh, you guys ready?
1: Yeah, Spencer's going to start in a second.
0: All right, they're like... Playing with the tick that was on Truman's leg that they got off. Uh, wish you guys could see this because this is a pretty wild sight. Um, we're gonna start out with number ten uh, for me. We're gonna kick it off Justin Verlander. He's a guy who he's on the Astros right now. Guy who's been top oh, five. He, put him at ten. Top five his whole career. Uh, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Had a decent year. Had a good what? year with the Astros. <laughs> he's he's not as good as all he's all been in a while in his early careers. Okay. okay. Okay, yeah. And then, but now I think he is still a top ten pitcher. He does have the skills. He's not the guy that will blow you away anymore. He's got a lot of movement on his pitches. Solid pitcher, number ten, Justin Verlander, Spencer.
2: Uh, my number ten is Aaron Noah from the Phillies. He's a young guy, but has put up great numbers in the past couple of years, getting better each year. True.
1: Um, For me, I'm going to go with Madison Bumgarner. It's it's pitchers this it's pitchers that we like right yeah like it's not just for this year no okay yeah so I'm gonna go Madison Bumgarner um he's absolutely dominant when the uh, Giants were going through their uh you know kind of their yeah I know he's hurt right now we uh, yeah yeah but when the Giants were going through their World Series runs um you know about five years ago or whatever uh he was one of the most if not the most dominant pitcher in the game um he can even do it with the bat really. Um and I just like him. Um, I'm gonna put him at ten for now, just because his injury. I think he'd be a lot higher if he was healthy. Though. All
0: right, number nine. Go a little bit of bias here. Carlos Carrasco, uh, finished third last year in the Cy voting. He's had a pretty great year so far. Um, I know Truman's gonna. And get mad at this, but the game versus the Brewers is one of the best outings he's had in a long time. Complete game, 14 strikeouts. You just see his dominance as a pitcher. Uh, he's been a great guy around the locker room, and he's just been a solid pitcher for the last couple of years. Carlos Carrasco, number nine, Spencer.
2: Uh, number nine, I have James Paxton of the Mariners. He uh, obviously already threw no hitter this year. It's putting up great numbers. as a left-handed pitcher with the upper 90s fastball. That's nasty stuff, and his Taken over uh, as the ace of Mariners ahead of Felix, uh, ahead of Felix
1: Hernandez. Um, for me at number nine, I'm gonna go Steven Strasburg. Um, oh wow, that's low. <clears throat> no, I don't think it's low. Um, it's low. when he was at the peak of his career, he was you know one of the most dominant pitchers you know in the game, maybe of all time. You know he he had great stuff. Um, some injuries held him back. Um, and that you know he's still a great pitcher. You know top ten, you can't argue. That's you know out of all pitchers in the game. So I'm gonna put him at number nine. Um, he's taking a little bit of a step back, but he's still a great pitcher, one of the best in the game.
0: Number eight, I have another guy who's kind of fallen off the last couple of years, Chris Sale. Uh, when he was on the White Sox, he was absolutely oh, dominant.
1: That's you want to talk about low.
0: Well, I uh, know I I don't think Chris Sale's what he used to be when he was on the White Sox, even though the Indians owned him when he was on the White Sox. But he's still a top pitcher in the league today. You know, he's a lefty. He's got great movement. Got great speed. He's been a solid pitcher his whole career. He's kind of fallen off a little bit with the Red Sox, but I still think he is a top-ten pitcher. Chris Hill, number eight, Spencer. Uh,
2: number eight, I have... Yeah, number eight, I have Steven Strasburg. Number eight, I have Steven Strasburg, obviously, alongside the Max Scherzer and the Nationals. It's a deadly combo, but he's obviously putting up great numbers this year. has a nasty changeup, throws mid-90s. Uh, I just think he...
0: What? All right, just move to Truman. <laughs> All right. We're going to pull this through no matter how bad it gets. Keep um, going,
1: I, I, What are we on, seven? Yeah. I have no Syndergaard. Um, no, we're number eight. Eight. Eight? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I have. What? <laughs> what do you have? Number eight. <laughs> Hold on. I have to go back in my list and find it.
0: All right, then we're going to move to seven now. Uh, We'll come back, Truman will get eight, and seven. Seven, I have Jacob deGrom. Uh, he would be, I think, one of the top pitchers if he stayed healthy his whole career. Uh, he's got, he's just deadly with the ball in his hands. He's a very good pitcher. Jacob Degrom, number seven, Spencer.
2: Uh, number seven, I have Noah Syndergaard. Obviously, when he's healthy, he's one of the most dominant pitchers in MLB. But he's had trouble staying healthy the past couple years. But uh, obviously, he throws a 100 mile an hour fastball and it's the slider harder than most most pitchers' fastballs. So.
1: German. I have Carrasco at 8 oh, yeah. um, just to not, not be a douche to everyone um, and then for 7 I have uh, uh, Syndergaard um, he's a dominant pitcher <laughs> low. what? that's too low for that's Syndergaard not. no I would. I mean I would say that you having Chris Sale at number 8 is very low, low So. Right, um, but yeah he's a dominant pitcher uh, like I said you can't say he's low I mean t- being top 10 pitcher in the game is yeah, still that's awesome he's still dominant um, so I'm going to have him there <laughs>
0: number six i have strasburg i think strasburg could have cracked the top three spot if he stays healthy he's just very good when healthy but that's the problem is he's never healthy uh you know he is a very good pitcher if he only if he stayed healthy we would have gotten so many great games out of him but he's still a good pitcher that's why i put him in number six uh
2: number six i have louis severino of the yankees obviously some of the nastiest stuff in baseball with a upper nineties fastball, filthy slider. True.
1: Uh, <laughs> what are we on? Six? Yeah. I have James Paxton of the Mariners here. Um I like him a lot. Um I see one of my favorite pitchers in the game was Felix Hernandez when he's with Mariners. Um to see that he's kind of taking that step back, because Paxton, you know, he's he's got a three three ERA. Um his last outing was a complete game. Um you know, it just seems like he's getting better and better as the season goes on, which is scary because he's already you know, at the top of his game, um, I believe. So I'm going to take him at six.
0: Number five, I have Severino. I think over the next couple of years you'll see him grow into a top three, maybe even number one pitcher in the game today. Uh, like Spencer said, his stuff is ridiculous. Number five, Severino.
2: Number five, I have Chris Sale. I mean, you said he's falling off, but he's five and one with a – 2.17 ARA and 96 strikeouts and 70 innings pitch. Those are pretty good numbers to me.
1: <laughs> See, I have Chris Hill even higher, but that, I agree. Um, five, for me, I have Severino. Um, you know, there's just no arguing with stats. 2-3 ARA. Um, just seems like he's dominant every time he goes out. Um, I've watched him a few times because the Yankees get ESPN time all the time because it's BS. Um, but I, I'm going to keep him there at five.
0: Number four, I have Syndergaard. I think when he is healthy, he is the most dominant pitcher in the game uh, his fastball 100 miles per hour as a starter is insane uh, he's just got a lot of great movement on his pitches <laughs> I wish he would stay healthy like a lot of these guys but Syndergaard number 4 can't argue that
2: number 4 I have Justin Verlander Obviously, whoa that's he I was, have him too. he was starting to fall off in, in Detroit but resurrected his career in Houston and he now is, he's 6-2 and two currently with a ridiculous 1.08 ERA so I know how you don't have him in your top five. Uh, oh. I'm putting
1: Birdland at four as well. Um, like Spencer said, he's, he completely dropped off at those final years in Detroit. That um, final year in Detroit, and he just looked like he was one of those veterans who was just going to kind of pack it in. Yeah, exactly. Then he got what um, we've talked about before, and I talk about it all the time that you know the change of scenery um, in Houston, and you know he kind of got that resurrection and that he needed and you know during the World Series run they had last year I I think he was one of the most dominant pitchers um, in the game
0: number three I have Corey Kluber I really wanted to put Corey Kluber at number two but I just couldn't leave my number two guy at three Corey Kluber is dominant Uh, he has not he's on a streak right now I think it's like 70 plus wins in a row when you get him four runs of support uh, he's just absolutely dominant. I Obviously, being an Indians fan and living in Northeast Ohio, I get to see a lot of him. And I think he's a guy who's kind of underrated. Uh, people, when they watch him in the playoffs, they really see his dominance. I think people are surprised when he wins the Young, even though he has he, he is the Young every year, I think. He is one of the best pitchers in the game today. If not, I would say he's right up there in that three to number one range. Corey
1: Kluber number three.
2: Uh, I also have Corey Kluber at number three. I also
1: have Corey Kluber at 3 2.
2: He's my favorite pitcher in the MLB, obviously, being an Indians fan. Uh, his strikeouts are a little down this year as he has only a 71 and 72, and he's pitched. I mean, it's obviously still good, but not what he's been doing the past couple of seasons. But he's still putting up good numbers. Obviously, two times a young winner, top three pitcher in the MLB.
1: Um, I have Kluber here. Uh, obviously, I don't like the Indians, but I tried to keep him as low as I possibly could, and I think three is a good spot for him. Um, I think he could be higher. Um, he's one of the most dominant pitchers in the game. I hope Brewers don't see him again this season, um, but I'm gonna put Kluber there.
0: Like I said, I really want to put Klu- Corey Kluber at number two, but I just couldn't put him above Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw has been dominant, number one spot, held the number one spot for the last couple of years. He's has kind of fallen off this season. He's hurt right now. Uh, his velocity's down. I saw. He's, you know. He's, I think he's past his prime. I don't want to say that, though, because I think he's going to come out and just be absolutely dominant again. But we've seen what he can do in the past couple of years. Kershaw, number two, easy.
2: I also have Kershaw too. Uh, obviously, he's like one and four or something like that right now. He's struggling a little bit this year, but obviously with his stats and the career he's had, it's hard to keep him out of the top two pitchers in the MLB.
1: Um, So for me at number two, I have Max Scherzer. Um, listen, it, it seems like every, every single day... Um, he's got uh, like a no-hitter going almost seems like you get that notification on Max Max Scherzer's got a no-hitter through six Um, he's dominant Um, you know he's kind of come up I know you guys probably both have him at number one um, so he could be a little low here uh, but um, I just love my number one guy too much and I couldn't just move him down Um, so I'm gonna go Scherzer here but you know obviously one of the most dominant pitchers in the game could be number one easily.
0: Number one I have Scherzer like Truman said Every time he goes out, he's going to give you a dominant start. He's been really healthy over his career and it's just every single game he's just absolutely dominant. You don't it's very rare to see him, you know, give up a couple runs in the first couple innings. He's just very dominant, very durable, pitches long into games and, you know, he is the best pitcher in the game today.
2: Yeah, I have Max Scherzer at one as well. The stats he's been putting up over the past couple years are ridiculous with the amount of strikeouts he's getting each year, and he's on pace like with that again this year. He's 7-1 and one right now. This shit's hard to not... Say he's the yeah. number one pitcher in the major leagues.
1: Um, I'm taking Kershaw at one. Um, Where'd you have Chris Sale? Did I have Chris...
0: You said you had Chris Sale a lot higher than we did. Did I
1: not I even put him on my list? No. Um. Well, I have Chris Sale somewhere on there. <laughs> uh, Chris Hill is a great pitcher. I, I scrambled this, Um. but... I have Kershaw at one. Um, Kershaw is my favorite pitcher in the game. I usually on my fans team. I don't think you can. I don't. Stop playing with the tick. I don't think you can take him off the list because of and and the injury history he's had the past few, um, the past two years. He's just so dominant when he's healthy that it's too hard. You know he's a lefty. um, That you know that kind of adds even more to him because they're so dominant. And um, so I'm gonna keep Kershaw on there. There is, you know, it's. There's room for me to take him off because, you know, he's he's kind mm. of faltering with injuries, but I just can't yet.
0: All right, so that's it for number for our top ten pitchers in the game today. I wanted to do kind of an honorable mention for me, uh, guys who I left off that I really wanted to put on, Baumgardner. Like Sherman said, I really want to put Bumgarner on there, but the injuries the last couple of years are kind of scaring me. Uh, I wanted to put Paxton on there. I really like Paxton. I really like Nola. Trevor Bauer, favorite pitcher in the league right now, favorite player on the Indians and in the league. I think he's right up there, and he's going to be up there, I think, in a couple years. And a guy, you know, Spencer was talking crap about how, oh, uh, Verlander has one ERA, he's 5-1. Charlie Morton's 6-0 and and has one ERA. Why is he not better? Spencer? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. See, Charlie Morton is right up there. He's 6-0. He's pitching against the Indians tonight. Uh, He's a guy, I think, undervalued. Uh, kind of hidden behind those big names like I another guy who I could have put on there was Dallas Keuchel uh, Charlie Morton great pitcher those are some
1: of the guys I want to leave off do you guys have any that you left off yeah I mean obviously Chris Sale I don't know why I left him off my, my list I literally did this before the show um, and my list is kind of all over the place but Chris Sale you know I don't know who to move down or what but Chris Sale's, you know he's one of my favorite pitchers in the game so I, I screwed that up my bad do you have any any uh...
2: I yeah, I would say like you said, Charlie Morton's putting up ridiculous stats right now. I don't, it's he's just like, this is his first year coming out big, so I guess I just haven't really paid much attention to him, but he's putting up ridiculous stats. Alright, well we're gonna move now to
0: football. But before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by Dee's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only seven dollars, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircuts there for the last couple months. and so We have never looked or felt better. Truman just came from the shop. I'm going there tomorrow. Uh, it's a great time. I know you were just talking about it Truman. You were playing Madden while you're sitting there in the chair. Yep,
1: I beat the Vikings.
0: You can play Madden. He has Fortnite set up. You can sit there while you're getting your haircut and play video games. And it's only seven dollars. Um, I don't know why you don't go there. But every time you're going to go to the prof- every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every single time because Dee's is always upgrading their equipment. Like his homemade Dee's Wax, five natural ingredients, only $8 a jar. Give it a shot. I try it every morning. You can find Dee's Home Cuts on Twitter, at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. Dee's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we're going to move to football now. Obviously, as a sports show, we try to stay out of the politics and stuff like that, but... NFL and the anthem, they've kind of gotten crossed uh, this last season. Uh, NFL has kind of, their ratings have gone down a lot Um, due to this kind of protest from players. uh, I'm not going to name names, but obviously uh, Colin Kaepernick started this whole thing, and I think it's gotten a lot out of hand. Uh, They came out with a rule yesterday that players have to stand for the national anthem, but they don't have to be. but they don't have to be out in the field. They can be in the locker room during it. But if they do sit during it, they get fined. I'm not sure. I tried to look this up. Uh, obviously, a lot of political articles gets pretty wordy. But I'm not sure. I think the fines go to the owners, not the players. Uh, but I like this a lot. Uh, I try to stay out of politics, but you like it a lot. I like it. I think <laughs> force. I, you, you can't force players to do that. But this is going to kind of curtail that behavior a little bit. And yeah. I saw guys like Chris Long complaining online yesterday about how they can't protest. Like, you go to any job in this world, you know, you can't sit there and protest. You're going to get fired. You get millions of dollars to do something we'd all love to do and we all wish we could do. And I get it. They've worked really hard to get there. But you just can't protest like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, in that way, I like it. I thought you meant you liked the political no, article. No, I... But... I mean, stand your ass up for the National Anthem. That's my opinion on it. Um, I just think there's a lot better ways to protest. I could get in this more, but it would probably make some people mad, and I don't want to hurt us. Yeah, hurt we won't show it, off, it a lot. But stand your ass up. But it's
0: obvious that Goodell is trying to stop this. Uh, he doesn't like to get real political, but uh, he I think there came a point this season where he kind of had to put his foot down and kind of establish some rules. I'm glad. I don't think these rules are perfect. Uh, I don't really think it's going to stop it. I think something's going to happen this year, uh, but we'll see what happens. Glad to see Goodell's trying to change it. I don't think this rule's going to work that well, but it's good to get a conversation going about this. Uh, So next we have Hunter Henry. He tore his ACL uh, in OTAs for the Chargers. This is a huge blow for the Chargers. Hunter Henry, they released Antonio Gates, staple at tight end there for the last couple years. Hunter Henry looked like he could be the next big tight end name. Uh, he was a really good receiving target, really good fantasy player. Uh, this really hurts the Chargers. I don't know what they're going to do. Do you bring back Antonio Gates?
1: Because I know he wants to still play. What do you do here? Um, well, this is huge because Hunter Henry, I personally think was one of the best young tight ends, if not the best young tight end in the game. Um, I lo- I wanted him when he came out in the draft for the Packers. Um, and this was finally his year to kind of take over the reins. You said they... Um, Drops Antonio Gates. Um, and, you, you know, this is the year we all think the Chargers are going to compete for something. And this is going to hurt them because it's a receiving target that they're down. And it's the Chargers curse continuing because the injuries have killed them in the past few years. And, you know, this is just going to add to that. Um, and this
0: is just one of, like, m- many of the players, big-name players, who are going to get hurt in t- preseason and going to not be able to play the whole year. Yeah. It sucks. Every year you get a few of them, though. Uh,
1: that's why you should hold your fantasy draft as late as possible. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just I I think if I think the Chargers should go ahead and pick up Antonio Gates again. I think he should finish his career with the Chargers because I know he wants to. what it's meant to be. Um, so this would be perfect kind of a perfect opportunity for him. Um, but you know they're just not going to get the same production that Hunter Henry would give them this year, and that's gonna that's gonna hurt them.
0: All right, now we're gonna move now to 32 teams and 32 shows. Uh, Truman and Chu did the Bills on Tuesday, and now we're gonna to move to the Dolphins in the AFC, sticking in the AFC East. Uh, Dolphins again, a mediocre team. They had Cutler starting at quarterback last year. Uh, I don't have the record written down. What was the record last year? Yeah, Dude,
2: it gotta
1: no.
0: be seven.
1: I'll check it. Spencer's gonna look it up. Yeah, Spencer's
0: gonna look it up because he doesn't have much information on this. But. Uh, They've had a pretty good offseason, I think. They lost Jarvis Landry. Uh, I put J.H.I.E. in here because they lost him during the season, even though it was a trade. I think that was a big loss. And they lost Sue. all three big-name guys. I don't think that's going to hurt them as much as people think. Uh, they added Josh Setton, solid guard. used to play for the Packers. Going to be a big help there. They added Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson, two good receivers, underrated receivers, are going to give uh, Ryan Tannehill the weapons he needs. I don't think it's enough yet. But uh, obviously those are two solid receivers. Danny Amendola out of the Patriots system. We'll see what he can do. They added Frank Gore. Going to give them a little bit of a veteran presence at running back. Because we're going to talk about that in a minute. Because that's probably the most interesting position with the Dolphins right now. Uh, They added Brock Osweiler. Going to be a backup to Ryan Tannehill. Hopefully Tannehill will be healthy this whole season. And they added Robert Quinn. Another solid Six defensive lineman. Ten. What was it? Six and ten. Six and ten last year. So again, mediocre. Like I said though, they added Robert Quinn, uh, a solid defensive lineman. They had a pretty. I thought they had a really great draft. Looking at the top three picks, they, they took uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, somebody that's really going to help that back end defense, kind of the center fielder for that defense. Uh, they added Mike Geseki from Penn State, one of the very underrated tight ends uh, coming out of this draft. Very big, very athletic. And they added Jerome Baker from Ohio State. Pass rusher. Very good uh, player from Ohio State. Uh, he's been working out in our area, so you know we kind of been watching him a lot. Uh, so he's a good player. They had, they had a couple more guys, but those are the three guys. I think, they, I think they killed it in the first three rounds. And this team is not short of talent. They have Cameron Wake, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. They have Kiko Alonzo, a solid middle linebacker. Ryan Tannehill, like I said. And Rashad Jones, who is the safety, uh, all-American safety, all-American, all uh, all-pro all safety, um, he's very good. But I think this running back position is going to be very interesting. Can Ken, Kenyon Drake, the young running back, take the take the the reins of that offense and be the J. A. workhorse
1: that he was? No, Miami shit, and I think this is the year that they take like ten steps backwards. Um, really? I don't. I, think, I don't know. I think they're in a full full rebuild. Um, I do like their coach case, um, but Tannehill, very, very mediocre at, before the injury. I think he's going to be very, very mediocre to slightly worse after the injury, so that's not going to help. It doesn't help that he doesn't really have a run game. Um, he's got Frank Gore's corpse back there. That's about it. Um, receiving-wise, he's got... Albert Wilson, like you said, Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola is out of the Patriots system, so he's not going to be that good. I like Danny Um Andrew, you know? He's he's there for the money. Albert Wilson just just there for speed. They lost Jarvis Landry. Um, they you know their offensive line. You know Stitton. They have Kilgore there. They have a decent offensive line, but they've always had issues there. So who knows? Um, it's an no older offensive line. They still line. Have penalty, right? No, no, yeah. he left for uh, San Diego or Los Angeles. Which one? the the guy yeah the chargers they, or yeah the Rams? they replaced him with the the um oh chargers okay. they replaced him with Kilgore um so they lost Pouncy that's a big one because he's one of the better centers in the league then you look at their defense very mediocre you know Robert Quinn's big one but McDaniels is a huge loss I like their front seven um ah I don't know I really like Cameron Wake I, like- I don't I, I I say their defense very mediocre they're probably probably a top fifteen defense maybe like fifteen um, and then you look at the eye, but I just think their offense is more atrocious and I think it's one of the worst in the league. Um, so I, I don't think Tannehill's the answer there and I think the, the Dolphins have officially entered a rebuild.
0: Okay, well I'm not that low on the Dolphins. I don't mind them. I think they're a very mediocre team. Uh, but I like Tannehill. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he is a franchise quarterback. Yes. Um, he's shown his, he's been very good for them the last couple of years, been solid, uh, but they just—he just needs talent around him. I don't know if—I think Kenyon Drake. It's going to be kind of hard to see, but I could see him taking the next step, being a sleeper you take in your fantasy draft, being a guy who just comes on like that and just shows the world that he can take that workload and become that workhorse.
2: I mean, I agree with Truman. I think they're kind of in a rebuild now. I don't think they can be very good next year. It's just hard to imagine them winning a lot of games with, especially losing Jarvis Landry. They have no offensive threats really. It'll all depend on how Ryan Tannehill comes out and does this
1: year. I well, have an ACL injury as well. So yeah, be tough
2: yeah I
0: see that. But T- ACL injuries hurt more of the mobile quarterbacks and Tannehill. Tannehill used his mobile.
1: Okay. He, was, he was a mobile quarterback. He's alright. I mean, no, yeah, he was I, a
0: wide receiver in college, but I don't he was know. a very mobile quarterback. I, I think this team. I have hope with a six and ten last year. I'm gonna go eight, nine. Eight, nine, not possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eight and seven, eight and seven. No, wait, what is it? Eight and eight. All right, all right. The show has been messed up since the beginning, but we're gonna move through eight and eight. This team, the Dolphins. I think they barely missed the playoffs. They're gonna be in that hunt the whole year. Eight and eight, solid record. Spencer.
2: I say s- six and ten or five and eleven.
0: Either they get worse with Jake C- They had Jay color last year. You think they get
2: worse? Yeah. Without the without Jarvis Landry, they have no offensive threats really. All right, John. I'm going five and eleven. You think you guys think they get worse? Yeah, because I, I think
1: Tannehill's shit. Jay so. Cutler was crap last year. Jarvis oh, hey, Landry was non-factor. not factor like Tannehill was some massive upgrade. Yeah, but over... Jarvis
0: Landry was a non-factor last year, and they went six and ten. He wasn't though. <laughs> he was still very good. Yeah, he's still okay. Whatever. Well, you're, <laughs> you're off. We're gonna move now because we gotta get out of this because it's it's been messed up since the beginning. We're gonna move to question and answers. Uh. Only well, we got two questions today. Keep sending those questions in. This one's pretty interesting. Uh, I really wanted to put this on there. Uh, who's one former player on your favorite teams? We can do teams if you want. You wish played there their whole career. So this is either guys you got during free agency, got, uh, you know, they were there, you drafted them, they left. Guys that really left. Like you could put Michael Jordan, I guess, if you were a Bulls fan because he did play baseball. He left to play baseball. Um... But we're going to get into this. I'll start. We'll go Packers. Wait, we'll you play... want to do all
1: three teams? Yeah, Yes. Yeah,
0: so, okay, so we'll start with uh, football. Packers, I'm going Julius Peppers. I could have put Reggie White here. Uh, Julius Peppers was a really dominant, and the Packers have had decent pass rush, but he was a very dominant pass rusher his whole career. They got him his later career. Um, he was decent for us, not great, kind of the older veteran presence in the locker room. Peppers on the Packers his whole career would be insane.
1: Um, I'm gonna go with uh, uh I'll, I'm gonna go with Jimmy Graham. Um, oh wow! I Jimmy Graham when he was with the Saints, I think he's gonna get a lot of that production back that he had with the Saints. But like his prime. His prime years when he was with the Saints and you know the early you know, Seattle red zone, you know, target, I think he's gonna be huge in Green Bay. And to have him when he was that young and that good, I think it'd have been a crazy. And especially in Aaron Rodgers' years, um, when you know 2011 Packers, when we had that great offense, Jimmy Graham and that offense would just be unstoppable. And you know, to pair him with the young years of Jordy Nelson, you know, with Randall Cobb, put him in the slot, you could put him anywhere. Um, and the Packers would succeed. Um, I th- personally think Jimmy Graham would have been great with Packers his entire career, um, but I do like Julius Peppers. And then, obviously, one big one talk one you talk about is uh, Charles Woodson. You know, that had been huge. I wouldn't have liked—I wanted to see him stay, you know, towards the end of his career, especially at the beginning of his career. Um, then, obviously, Reggie White. I think the Packers could have won another um, world championship with him there um, for all of the, all of his career. Uh, but that those those are the main ones you think of when it comes to the Packers. Uh, but I I would say Jimmy Graham.
2: The Browns. I would say either T J. Ward or Alex Mack. Obviously, those are both not like obviously they're not like offensive superstars. They both play one <laughs> Alex Mack's an <the> offensive <laughs> lineman and T J. Ward's a safety. But I mean they're both very good players in the NFL still today. I just wish they could have spent their whole career in Cleveland.
0: Nice. All right, we're gonna move to basketball now. Uh, Being a Thunder's fan, not much history. Uh, but I guess you gotta go with. You're a Thunder fan. Yeah, you you gotta go with. I thought you were a Knicks fan. No, Carmelo Anthony fan. That's not okay. Okay, well, why don't you have no information anymore? Um, I'm gonna go Kevin Durant. Uh, sucked when he left. I was really heartbroken when he left. (laughs) You weren't even a fan. But I think Kevin Durant, if he would've stayed there. Uh, Camilla um, Anthony, Anthony, Kevin Durant, be, Russell Westbrook. Don't like think they would have got Paul George. Uh, yeah, James Harden would have been good too, but I don't think they could have, Russell Westbrook and him could have shared
2: the court very well. Um, so I think mm-hmm. Kevin Durant
0: right there on the Thunder.
2: Um, Cavs, I mean, it's easy to say LeBron. I wish LeBron was there your whole career, but if I had to do a different one, I would say probably Shaq, Shaq. or Dwayne Wade. Obviously, those are two dominant players in NBA history, um, and they were both at the end of their career when they were with the Cavs. Truman. Um, For me? Um, I
1: think this is pretty easy. Who are you thinking? For the Bucks? Yeah. Kareem. Oh, if you want to go way back, Kareem. Go, like, Kareem. Yeah,
0: out. Kareem's go. one
1: of the top players. not even alive. I was thinking, though, more current. But if you want to go Kareem, that's probably the obvious choice, because yes, because he's one of the best players of all time. Uh, you know, there hasn't been much success for the Bucks since I've been alive. We've kind of sucked. Um, and Giannis has kind of been the resurrection. Uh, so for players of that I wish would have stayed, um, I mean, my favorite player was Brandon Jennings. He kind of faltered off, but then he left for the Pistons. Uh, so maybe if he would have kept his career up, um, maybe Milwaukee would have been, the, you know, the spot where he kept it going. Uh, he kind of took that large contract in another spot and left. He was one of those types, so maybe if he would have stayed here his entire career, um, and maybe paired him with, uh, with, y- uh, Giannis, uh, that would have been big. But also Eric Bledsoe, um, you know Eric Bledsoe, he just came this season, he wasn't that great of a fit, you know, in the system. I, I the system sucked, you know, with this. But we're gonna have a new coach. But maybe him in his prime, his young years, um, you know, that would have been big too. All
0: right, we'll go baseball. Not Indians, a lot of guys you could put here. I was thinking maybe Bartolo, um. You could put Bartolo, Cliff Lee, CC Sabathia. But I'd go Tommy. I think. Obviously, he left to go to the Phillies. Uh, he still had a lot of power left in that bat. And that would have really helped out the Indians in the early 2000s because they were right there, and they just needed another bat, and Tommy would have been that for them.
2: Uh, I agree with your pick, but also um, Manny Ramirez. Yeah. So obviously, he was a great player and didn't spend his whole career in Cleveland. Also, Cliff Lee and CC were two great pitchers that Indians got rid of when they were rebuilding that could have had an impact, maybe. Uh, for me, I have a few. Um, one, my main answer would probably be Zach Greinke.
1: Um, he played with the Brewers at the beginning of his career. Uh, he's an ace. Um, he, I, I, he's one of the better pitchers in the game. I think he's right outside that top ten that we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, this—that's the position that killed the Brewers. Pitching has always been our issue. Um, you know. And to have him still on the team, being an ace, would be huge right now, and I, you know, probably be more successful than we are now, and that's hard to do. Um, but also CC Sabathia, that's another one. He's been good. Um, Hank hey, Aaron. Trust you want to talk about the 1950s? I'm we can saying. talk about the 1950s. I'm just saying. Um, but CC Sabathia as well. Uh, also, my favorite, one of my favorite Brewers of all time is um Prince Fielder. Um, I know he he kind of, his career kind of faltered off in Detroit and Texas. But uh, maybe if he would have stayed for a little bit longer, you know, we were on the cusp in 2011 and stuff like that, that would have helped. Um, But, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind.
0: Yeah, Michael Brantley, too. Uh, So Uh, we're going to –
1: He's always injured. Uh, No, he's not. Uh,
0: He's played all games this year. Uh, We're going to go down to our last question. Is slash was Joe Flacco ever elite? This is a big sports topic. Uh, In 2013, he won the Super Bowl. I don't think he is anymore. I think he no, was. No anymore. I think he was. I think he was in 2013. I think was the peak of his career, but I think a lot of that is due to the lack of weapons. He he lost Ray Rice. That that hurt him a lot. Uh, he's never really had a true number one guy. I know you can make an argument for a lot of them, but I think because I mean, look at Steve Smith at the end of his career and Quan Bolden. Uh, towards the end there. Uh, I think he's never really had a really good wide receiver, and that's hurt him a lot. Um, so I think not anymore. I think he was, but I just don't th- I think he's past his prime. And
1: we'll see what happens there with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Joe Flacco was elite. Not anymore. Um, but, yeah, like you said with the weapons, um, I, he's just getting older, and the, injury, the injuries are killing him. His back, you know, was a big issue last year. Um, so... I wouldn't say he's elite anymore, but I will say his prime years when they won the Super Bowl and stuff like that, he was an amazing, great quarterback. Um, he's top ten in my opinion, and you know he was definitely elite when they won the Super Bowl. But right now, no way. All right, well that's it. Oh, you want to? Yeah, say I
2: was just gonna say I agree with you guys that he was elite, obviously when they won the Super Bowl, he was a great quarterback. But now he's falling off, and they're going downhill.
0: Um, now we're gonna transition, get get a little bit more out of Spencer here. We're gonna interview him,
2: obviously. When we first have guests on, we asked them, first question, tell us about your background in sports. Uh, I played baseball in my life. <clears throat> Obviously, playing baseball right now, Baldwin Wallace. Also played basketball for a while.
0: You played soccer too, didn't you? Yeah, when I was really little. But... <laughs> uh, so tell us about your favorite
2: teams. Huge Indians fan. Uh, huge, well, huge Cleveland Sports fan. Big fan of the Indians, Cavs, and Browns. Well, who's
0: your college team?
2: Uh, Ohio State for basketball and football uh,
0: yeah all right you're a big you're a big uh being college right now you're focused a lot in the MLB draft uh, t- um, not MLB drafts kind of a this is the quietest draft I think out of all pro sports mm-hmm. you know it happens in the middle of the season nobody ever really knows when it's on it's kind of just happens quietly and there's like a million rounds and a lot of these guys don't turn out you don't see these guys for at least four or five years. Uh, obviously, there's some outliers there, but tell us about some of the fav- your favorite prospects in this upcoming draft.
2: Uh, I did three. Um, first one is the projected overall first pick, Casey Mize. He's a right-handed pitcher from Auburn. Um, he's got a he's got a smooth delivery, easy delivery with a mid 90s fastball. And then unlike a lot of pitchers who use their sliders and curveballs, I mean he obviously has breaking balls, but He uses a splitter as his main out pitch, and that's, like, his go-to pitch to get strikeouts. Uh, Number two is Nick Madrigal. I think I'll tell you pronounce it. Second baseman from Oregon State. Uh, He's undersized. He's only, like, 5'7", but he's getting compared a lot to Jose Altuve because he's a consistent uh, hitter. It seems like every time he's up, he makes hard contact. He obviously doesn't... Being that small, he's not a huge power threat, but it seems like he can hit the ball hard anywhere he wants in the ballpark. And then... um, Number three is Brady Singer. He's a right-handed pitcher from Florida. He's like 6'5 or 6'6, so he's a big frame. Uh, Has a mid-90s fastball, just good stuff, Projectable frame.
0: So, like I said, we wanted to bring Spencer on because he's one of the only people I know who actually focuses on the MLB draft. Um, So we're going to move to the Cavs talk now. You said you're a Cavs fan. Do you think the Cavs have enough to win the championship this year?
2: I mean, I want to believe they can, but I just don't think. So, no. Even, I just don't think even if they get past the Celtics they have enough to beat the Rockets or the Warriors I mean it, it's hard to bet against the best player to ever play basketball LeBron James but I just don't know if they have do you want to get in the Jordan versus LeBron debate today know. or no no we're <sighs> going
0: to bring that on we're going to do a full show with that um, I don't I don't obviously me and Truman don't think LeBron's best player in the world ever but uh, right now cool. he is but not all the time but uh, yeah, I could see I don't better.
2: what? Who's better than, than LeBron all the time? Michael Jordan. No, Michael Jordan. He played for okay, the Bulls. Have you seen stats of what LeBron's ahead of Michael Jordan in? LeBron,
1: uh, LeBron's LeBron's
2: in tell in me league. the numbers. I don't know. <laughs> all right, we're going to move now to football.
0: You're not a big Browns fan, but you do follow them. Tell us, you, the 0-16
2: last year, what do you think they do this year? Um, what would you be happy with? I would be happy with... I mean, obviously I'd be happy with a winning record, but... I'm gonna go. I want to say nine and seven, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven and nine. I think I that's hot. Tyrod Taylor obviously coming in, and uh, Jarvis Landry will have a little bit more of an offensive threat now. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor is not like an elite quarterback, but he won a lot of games in Buffalo. Not a lot, but he won some games in Buffalo. Um, I don't think Baker is gonna play m- much, if at all, this year. But, with Tyrod Taylor, but I'm excited also for Baker in the future. Uh, st- alright, so that's it for Sports Talk. Get a little bit more
0: into you. Who's your favorite athlete of all time? We ask everybody this. Um,
2: can I say a couple?
0: You gotta do your number one. Um. Who love more than everybody else? Well, we'll do this. If you could only watch one sports highlight of one player for the rest of life, who would it be?
2: I mean... Growing up in Cleveland, i got to say LeBron. Okay, that's a popular answer. Pretty basic, but... Uh, but I also was considering... Um, Stroman? Yeah, I'm a big Marcus Stroman fan, but also, obviously, Corey Kluber. Sticking so, with the current guys? I mean, yeah, because those are the guys I got to watch play growing up.
0: <laughs> all right, now, last question. Ask everybody this to end it. What's your favorite sports memory of all time? Professional... Or, you know, your personal experience, go.
2: My personal experience, I would say probably this last year with Baldwin Wallace winning a conference championship and making a run at the regionals. But professional sports moments, I would say it's a, a two-way tie between Roger Davis's Game 7 home run and LeBron's block on Iguodala in Game 7 of the finals.
0: Yeah, so those are two pretty popular ones as our show is based in Northeast Ohio. Uh so that's it for our show today we thank you for sticking with us got a little bit out of hand there with trim the tick how's that by the way it's off it's off all right so we're happy happy you're alive yeah uh, like i said we got a little bit away from us but we thank you for sticking with us we want to thank you to our sponsors d's home cuts and a's lawn service we ask that you go on to our to itunes give us five stars rate reviews and subscribe Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. Look on our Instagram, too. We have a picture of Spencer on there in a couple of minutes. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Like I said, send us us questions for the show. We need more questions. Uh, Whatever you want, uh, sports or non-sports, we'll answer. We don't care. Uh, You can listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 12 to 1 Eastern Time. You can listen to us on The Grueling Truth. We also have a SoundCloud page now. Uh, It was just created. I created it the other day. Find it on our Twitter. Uh, It's a great way to listen to it, SoundCloud. We're very happy to be with them. I want to thank you to our guest, Spencer, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Uh, We've been trying to get Spencer on for a long time, but his team's been going pretty far in the playoffs, Baldwin-Wallace, so we haven't been able to, but we're glad we got him on. And he will be on again.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah? You want to come on again? Really awkward guy, uh, but he's Good nice. Guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, we want to thank you, thank you, Spencer. Have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. We're gonna have another guest. Don't know who it's gonna be, but uh, we'll, we'll bring somebody on. Follow us on Twitter. You can find updates on that. Uh, we're just gonna end it now before it gets any more worse. So thank you. Have a great day and tune in on Tuesday. Thank you. Go
1: Packers.